What up, y'all? Welcome back to Pixar. It didn't happen. I am the Yeti, and with me, as always, is my brother, the Jew. What's up, motherfuckers? We are joined on phone this week by our good personal friend, Jay motherfucking Roman from Menace to Sobriety. What up, bro? What's happening, y'all? Glad as fuck to be here. It's hotter than balls outside, but that's the way I like it. I'm the type of person that I would rather fry in 90-degree weather than be slightly chilly in 50-degree weather, so this is my fucking time of year. <laughs> I can't complain. I got some alcohol in front of me. I plan on getting super-duper fucked up and playing Magic tonight online, and it, life is good right now. I can't complain too much. One, you picked a stupid-ass state to live in if you like hot weather. <laughs> And uh, I might have to get on magic later tonight, too. I, I might be. Oh, just, I know I did like it. people fucking. Here's what kills me. And this is completely off topic. I don't want to sell off topic. We're talking about it. Go no, ahead. This isn't why we're here. But fucking what kills me is people like, you're not used to this. You, you lived in Ohio your whole life. Listen, I'm half Hispanic. I'm naturally bred to enjoy heat. I just happen to live in Ohio. It's not. I understand that. Like. People say that shit all the time. You picked a terrible state to live in if you hate cold weather. Well, this is my home, unfortunately, but still, my blood yearns for the heat because, again, Olay is half of my uh, blood type. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's, that's 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 some great shit. I got one I, I want to share. You'll get a, you'll get a kick out of this because you're a, a predominantly a pen smoker, yeah. Um, so the other night it was my birthday night, and uh, me and the old lady we got pretty good and fucked up. And I misplaced my pen. Couldn't find it. Didn't know where it was at. It's been gone for about three days. We checked the washer because it was just the last place to look. And lo and behold, it was in the washer. Now, you would think an electronic device such as this would uh, malfunction or have some kind of issues, being that it had been through a full, complete washer cycle. Now, this is where it gets nope. fucking, this is where it gets great, people. Listen to this. It still works just fine. The, the cartridge inside's got nothing wrong with it. The fucking... I can't believe this fucking thing is still working. It this looks is, fucking Here's good. why. I know why, the, I know why that happens. I have a homie that works at a head shop here in town. The battery is designed to completely shut itself off unless you're pressing the button. So when it goes through the cycle like that, there's no power being circulated through it at all. So if it's completely dried by the time you activate it again there's technically nothing there for it to be damaged. So, and, and I know that because it happened to me as well. It's fucking crazy. Oh, that's so awesome. I don't feel so fucking stupid now. You did it too. That's no, cool. No, right. no. Yeah. I've got, I've got one more story before we get into the seriousness shit. This is, this is some fucking funny shit. So I had a friend on Facebook hit me up out of nowhere. This is a high school friend who I have not talked to in, I don't know, maybe 10 years. And this, this is how this conversation goes. I just want to start this, okay? This is 1.35 in the a.m. last night. Sup, buddy? Your wife is hot. Okay, so there's a weird one. Uh, not my wife yet, but soon, yeah, I'm, I got real fucking lucky. He says, yeah, you and me both. He says, she is hot as fuck, though. Like, hot. And then he uh, goes on to try to bring up the juggalo shit again because he was old and down. But uh, then we get a little bit deeper into this, and he finally says, yeah, but real shit, your girl is fine. I said, trust, I know. I definitely punched above my weight class. And this is where it gets weird. You guys trade. 
No, uh, no, no. She's, she's all mine. She, she, yeah, she's all mine. Not even picks. Nope. If she was some other stupid hoe, maybe. But this is my baby girl, and she means everything to me. I've never had anyone message me to fuck my girl in my life, let alone somebody who I haven't talked to in ten fucking years. Well, as you said, they used to be down. So anything goes. If you were a juggalo once, you are today. So uh, not when it comes to my old lady, bro. Okay, so before I, before we got into the seriousness, I wanted to hit us with a little levity, but we brought Jay on here today because he's actually was kind of involved in the, the topic we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about, unfortunately, we're going to talk about the, uh, the George Floyd incident, and we're also going to talk about the riots. And I mean, we're going to paraphrase a little bit, but I also want to talk about, man, how much did you realize people on your Facebook fucking page were racist as shit? I mean, it's it's kind of goes both ways. Like you can tell, it's such a sticky situation because I believe that no parties really truly care about the people that they're supposed to represent. And you goddamn right on that. But, but you have people that you know live and die by their party for whatever reason, whatever the reason it might be. This not the reason why we're here, even though I do have my opinions on that. But. For whatever reason, they live and die by their party. So it's hard to tell if somebody is just doing just that, you know, just trying to back up the, the the beliefs of their party. And it happens on both sides. So while I, you know, look, at the beginning when this all happened, and I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit more in a minute, but when all this really started going down, I think the entire world was in shock and anything really could have, you know, happened. And once it became political, and you can trace it back to when it became political. The second they started talking about stimulus checks and it came down to a vote between Republicans and Democrats, that is the exact moment where facts didn't matter, the situation didn't matter, what's right and wrong didn't matter, it became political. And uh, that's the moment where I started with, to withdraw myself from the situation as a whole. But, man, I, I can. it's hard to really tell who's racist and, and who is you know, just supporting their side, I guess. Um, but some of the rhetoric, like I'm not, I'm not even just talking about Trump supporters. I'm talking about people who were just biting onto this racist ideology that they refuse to let go of. And I'm not saying any names cause it's not like that, but people who I'd thought I'd known for a decent amount of time, they got the big block and I'm not going to let them back on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've, I've lost quite a few friends over this thing, but at the same time, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of like, look, this has, if nothing else, this has shown, mm, I guess a lack of better words, a light on people who they truly are. And so I don't really necessarily view it as a bad thing because the one thing I hate the most is, you know, am I, am I talking to somebody and their representative or am I talking to them? And what I mean by that is, Am I talking to the person that this person wants me to think they are, or am I talking to who they are? So, yeah, are, like, are they speaking as a Republican, or are they speaking as a person? Sure, or a Democrat. Or, or a Democrat, a exactly. Uh, yeah, whatever it might be. Um, or am I just talking to a piece of shit? Maybe there's no political allegiance at all you know maybe i'm just talking to a terrible person who knows so, no that's true those do exist they really do and they they love to hide on facebook see when all of this happened uh, we'll do a timeline and shit in a moment but like when all of this happened i kind of went dark like i didn't talk about it i didn't say anything 
And I'm going to say why. Because even though my, 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 my position could have been presented as eloquent, I could have said all the nice and pretty words I could. I didn't say shit because I'm fucking white and it wouldn't have mattered how I put it. I'd have been fucking wrong. So I said nothing. Nothing. But now that I'm here, I'm going to say some things. So first off, I'm not going to say George Floyd was a good man or a bad man. That's not my decision to discuss. I'm going to say that it was unnecessary to kill him. Regardless of what he did or didn't do, it was unnecessary to kill him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know why that even needs to be said, which is kind of a fucked up thing to start with. <sighs> you can, it's not about the person. And I know a lot of people have made it to be that way. Um, it's not about who it happened to. It has, and it irritates me a lot when I see people say George Floyd was not a good person. Okay. I, I don't understand. I don't understand that argument. Like, what are you trying to prove that for some reason, because he wasn't a good person, he deserved to be murdered. Yeah. You know, I don't, you can, you can argue the semantics over who the person was all you want. I don't understand the purpose, but I guess you could throw that into the conversation. But at the end of the day, nobody deserved to be murdered. No, not and, ever. Yeah, it doesn't matter who the person was who was murdered. It was still a murder. And on that subject of who the person was, it really doesn't matter. And I'm probably catching heat for this, but I'm saying it doesn't matter what crime they fucking committed unless it was a major, major offense. Do they need to fucking die for whatever it was he did? What was it? Passing a, a bad check or whatever? That's 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 a few years in prison. That's what that sentence is. That's not a death sentence. Sure. Well, I mean, <sighs> I feel like there's yeah. gonna be a lot of size before everybody talks. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Um, it's a deep, it's a deep, deep issue, and it. I would rather all of us here talking about it do the opposite of what people do online and just pop off at the mouth without thinking about what they want to say. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, and I think overall, things need to change. Some things, un and it's. I don't even know. I guess you blame the media, like Absolutely. because they're twisting around the narrative and they're the ones that are trying to make it about this person because it fits their needs, and. That's kind of my been my position. It really doesn't matter. Like they shouldn't just be able to take his peep anybody's life when it wasn't necessary. Like they had that dude like pinned. He was done. He was done. He couldn't resist any fucking more. He was done. But this is this is the point that I bring to this. You as a military, uh, you were in the you were in the army. I'm not going to ask you killed anybody because that's not my fucking place to ask. But you would tell, you can tell me that if you did have to kill someone, the red tape you'd have to walk through would be fucking ridiculous, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. There's like all kinds of operating procedures and things you got to do first. And it's, these it's are enemy really combatants. strict. Enemy like, combatants yeah. is who he's talking about. He's not talking about U.S. civilians. Well, and see, that's part of it. Like, it's not even. Because to be, get them to be classified as a combatant even is a process. So, you know, there's a lot of red tape and play. And I, I, to be honest, if something like that happens, it's because somebody was doing something wrong and they probably fucking knew it. You mean in the army if something like but, that was to happen? Yeah, I mean, anywhere. And... If the police force isn't 
up to those kind of standards, I don't understand why they aren't. And if they are, why are they not they not being enforced? And who needs to make sure that happens or what do we need to do to make sure that happens? You just you just touched on something perfectly. I'm going to explain to you why the reason why that shit isn't enforced. It's because the police have taken the same kind of attitude as the Catholic Church when it comes to a fucking officer fucking up drastically. They get like three or four fucking chances before anybody even hears about it. They're moved to a different town. They're moved. I can speak to a personal experience in my life. A cop who gave me my first ever arrest charge when I was 21 um, was a fucking pedophile. Like, this is not a joke. This is not like, oh, I'm just saying that because I want to be mean. I mean, he knocked up two 15-year-old girls in a town away from me. And before he was in the town that I lived in, he'd already knocked up two more 15-year-old girls. Four girls before he was finally fucking not allowed to be a cop. And it wasn't even the women that got him in trouble. It was fucking having meth in his system. So what I'm saying is that there's this blue wall of silence attitude that needs to fucking die. It, it has to end for us to truly be able to trust the police and know that they are needed. I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those uh, disband the police, but I might be on that defund them fucking bandwagon. My turn? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure you got it all out. Um, I'm in a unique position because I come from a town. I grew up in Troy, Ohio, but I live in Pickle, Ohio. I moved here about five years ago. Nah, probably closer to four. And the town that I grew up in, you it was the stereotypical, stereotypical easier for me to say, uh, cops were assholes. Like, from start to finish. They fucked with you for no reason. Um, they targeted teenagers for easy tickets. You know, typical. They never did anything violent. But, you know, just uh, bust your ball because I can, you know, type police officers. And um, I, I've always had a bad taste in my mouth for police officers. And I moved shortly, uh, shortly after a breakup. I moved to a town called New Bremen. And... The cops kind of like it was very. It wasn't even a city. It was a village, so it was a very small, small area. And the police would selectively fuck with people. So even then, you know, my my thought process on how cops were were still kind of jaded because it's like you know, okay, obviously they're not messing with people from out of town, or from I'm sorry, from from in town, but they're messing with people from out of town. So even then, even though, you know, they weren't messing with me, I still saw them messing with other people. So it was like, you know, there was still a stigma there. And then I moved to Piqua. And, man, we have one of the coolest police forces of all time. And I know a lot of people don't like them, but their complaints, I say a lot of people, but it's actually a few, a uh, small majority, a uh, small minority, I mean. Um the complaints that people have against the Pickwood Police Department is that the Pickwood PD doesn't do enough because they're very lax. They don't, you know, cite teenagers because they just happen to not stop a full five seconds at a stop sign. You know, they don't go looking for tickets. They don't, you know, if you're going 45 and a 35, they don't pull you over just because you're going with traffic and they need a ticket. You know, it's it's the, it's the complete opposite. So I've been able to experience both sides of the spectrum. And... It's very hard for me to say that all cops suck because I don't believe that. You know, and living where I do now, I believe even harder than I did before that that's not the case. No. Uh, but it's also naive to think that 
you know, more training isn't needed. And more harsher punishments need to come down um, from the top when, when things like this happen. And, you know, it's it's a very... We would be much better off if we weren't living in a climate where it was either one side or the other. And it can't be that way. And until the majority decide that they're not going to live their life that way, nothing's ever going to change. And how does that happen? I don't know. But again, as soon as it became politicized, and you, you didn't even trace back to when you know it became politicized. It became po- the, the, the race issue anyway. The race issue became politicized when it became to fund all police officers because then it became a, you know, blacks versus, or not even blacks, minorities versus police issue again. And that has been a political issue. And, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's very tough not having political allegiances and seeing a, salu- a solution that can be achieved, but people aren't interested in it because it doesn't align with political opinions that were given them. Now, something I want to add to that. Piqua is not a larger community. It's a decent-sized city, but it's not huge, right? We have 17,000 people who live here. All right, I can't give you numbers on metropolises, but I'll just I'll, what I'll say is that you're not a you're not Cincinnati, you're not Dayton. Not even close. Okay, okay, then that's where I'm getting at. Do you think that the reason why the police have the relationship they do with you as a community is because they're closer working with you? They're probably from Piqua to be Piqua police. They're probably, you know, boys that grew up in this area. I'm not saying that we need to go back to Barney fucking Fife or and and the, but somebody had mentioned a sheriff system that how it used to be that how it was elected people from the community so that they had an invested knowing of the community. Do you think that that probably might have a hand in the reason why your police are, I mean, as you say, quote unquote, better? No, and I, the reason why I can say that um, is because there's an issue in our area, and um, I guess you would say probably about 30-mile radius. The, the city of Pitwas steals a lot of employees from other areas uh, as far as city workers go. And the reason why is because they pay well. And the reason why they pay well is because they're very selective about who comes in. Um, for instance, and it's, I'm glad you asked that, because there is a commission here in the city of Pitwa called the Civil Service Commission, which I am actually on. I hold a seat on the Civil Service uh, Civil Service Commission. May and, a shoe um, Do what? I said may a shoe stepper. May a shoe stepper. Not there yet, but close. But not even close, honestly. But I'm on this commission, and this commission's job is to uh, review the applicants of any police officer or EMT or uh, firefighter, because our EMTs and firefighters are one of the same here in town. But the, we review the applicants that may come in. And so I, I would attribute, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I would uh, attribute the selection process to why we don't have in mentality, I guess you could say mentality too of the police department. Um, I also went through something called the government academy where I live, and I got a chance to see how the police station uh, operates. And they don't operate with the mindset of one specific goal all the time. Like they they told us that uh, 
some days when their startup meeting happens, they'll be like, okay, today we're going to tackle a speed trap here. Or today we're going to uh, tackle drugs in this area. They're very fluid with their focuses, and they, they base their focus on a daily basis on what today's issue is. And it's not, you know, obviously the city does not have a forced revenue system, so um, as far as police officers goes and ticketing, um, we don't, we're not worried about that here in this town, so that helps. You know, there's no pressure to meet any type of quota. So again, I, I just think it's based on how the system is set up, and you know, I, it's, I know it's not, this is what's hard for me more than anything. It, I understand that it's not that way everywhere, because again, I've lived that aspect in other places. I'm just very fortunate, you know, to be where I am and not have to deal with that, and Again, people have issues with, you know, within town with our police officers, but I think in general, the overall feeling here in this town massively is we're very grateful to have a police office, um, police department rather, that doesn't, doesn't focus off of harassing their citizens like most people do, uh, most police officers do anyway. So, I mean, and I guess this is kind of probably something that's, pretty typical for smaller towns and uh, smaller sized cities because I know that like you said you're able to be selective in who you guys bring in for these different positions and I know a lot of times these bigger cities are just trying to get as many bodies as they can because they just don't have enough people to maintain you know the all the routes and patrols that they have to do so it creates people that shouldn't be in a position to be in that position so i think that's going to be something that's going to be pretty tough to change in these bigger cities but i think definitely a smaller size and ability to vet better would definitely be a big help um however you can figure out how to implement that the first thing we need to do is we need to move away from this paramilitary fucking strike force of a police system. And I know we do need a tactical unit. It is necessary. But uh, cops are supposed to be there to de-escalate a situation. That is what they are there for. And when these jacked up douchebags got the fucking Punisher on their logos and they got fucking you're fucked written down the barrels of their fucking ARs and shit, it just feels like feels like a lot of them are military washouts that are just looking for a way to release some bullshit. And I might be wrong for saying that, but I'm going to because, uh, and again, this is, I am not, I am not an all cops or bastards person. I am not. I know that we need a police force. I understand that there are bad fucking people and that that's what these people are for. But I also understand that there's a force that they show and, and when they have to, and it's, it's goddamn frightening. And well, I'm just going to say this. If America did, what America is doing to us and America seen what we were doing, America would bomb America. I doubt that because we don't have oil. <laughs> Fuck. Well, that's true. Okay. So you're not wrong about that. But if we were going on the humanitarian issue of how we, of how we as a country are supposed to feel about when little other countries are beating the shit out of their people. I agree. But at the same time, I think the argument there can also be made that, like I said a little bit ago, it can come down to training and it can come down to enforcement of that training. And 
let's be fucking honest here. The reason why these people get away with some of this shit is because we, I mean, everybody's guilty of this. Their own kind stick up for each other because they can, they can relate to the job. So if there was more accountability, you know, in, in place of, it doesn't matter what the situation was. If you used excessive force, whether or not you felt it was necessary, you get reprimanded. You know, if it comes, to, if it's really necessary, a reprimand ain't gonna mean shit. You're yep. still gonna do it. But if it's not necessary, you're not gonna do it. So, you know, it it comes down to it comes down to regulation at the end of the day. And you know, there's there's a problem. I wouldn't say problem. There's a debated topic here where I live. The city owns what some people call a tank. It's not really a tank. It's a uh, SWAT tactical unit that kind of looks like a tank. It doesn't have the ability of a tank to actually you know, shoot anything, but it can bulldoze if it needs to. And the city got it for free. They just paid $5,000 for the transportation, and it was donated to them. I forget exactly how. Um, I could probably find the information if I wanted to, but obviously I'm not going to do that now. But... It was donated to them, and they just had to pay $5,000. Now the city of Piqua uses it. Other surrounding cities use it. It's a very good uh, thing to have in a case of a hostage situation. Um, for instance, there was a uh, biker gang um, fight in a town right across from us called West Milton. It's another village. It's nothing big. Um, I think only like 9,000 people live in the city of that. Or village. It's not even a city. It's a village. But there was a biker gang issue at a rally, and so they brought in the tank, and the tank dispersed it. Nobody ended up being severely hurt. It was fine. So I, I, I have a real problem when people talk about the demilitarization of the police because I would want them to have that in case of an emergency. It comes down to when are you using it. You know, I would rather somebody have an army and use it when it's only necessary than to need an army and not have it. And if anything, the situation that we're talking about now has shown us, you can't control the people forever. And eventually some shit will go down. I don't want an unarmed police force in my town that can't handle that type of a situation. However, I also don't want that police force to be able to use it whenever they want. So if it came down to regulation, I, it, it really could be that simple. But can we have that discussion? Absolutely not. And that's what irritates me more than anything. You're absolutely right about that. We've we've thrown some dirt on the cops for about 20, 30 minutes. So <laughs> I'm going to swerve it around because there's some other shit that I'd like to talk about on this subject. And first off, we were talking about people supporting their brand, their Republican, their Democrat, their whatever. It's like watching failed sports teams. It's like fans of, no offense, the Bengals or, other, or an other losing team. When they fail, there's always an excuse for why they failed. There's one. Yeah. Uh, two, fanaticism on either side, right, left, fucking whatever, gets you nowhere. And then three, there were some people who showed up to do peaceful protesting. They did exist. Fuck, I seen you involved in one. But there were people who showed up to fucking loot. And you can't say that that didn't happen. Yeah, and we had, um, as you said, I uh, I actually went to two different ones, and the first one I went to, um, 
you know, I, everybody, I don't even need to give the backstory. Everybody knows, but I will anyway, just for the sake of the show. But at the beginning of it, when it turned from protests to looting, that became national news, as everybody knows. And unfortunately, you know, when the masses see national news, they think it's like that everywhere. Um, so when somebody was organizing a protest here in Pequa, naturally, you know, that was the first reaction everybody had was, you know, oh, God, they're going to come here and destroy everything. And the police were calling businesses and warning them that this protest was going on. And obviously that word got back to me just because of what I do in the city of Piqua and the page I run, which is called Watch Piqua, and people were messaging me. And, you know, there was a lot of unrest because a lot of people saw the national news, news wire and they thought that's what was going to happen here. And there were some businesses that took uh, writing to their windows to let people know they were with them to try to, I'm sure, maybe they did agree, you know, with the, the predicament, but I'd be willing to guess they were just trying to pander to the crowd to be like, hey, please don't burn out my business if that's what you're going to do, which, you know, you can't really blame them for. But, um, you know, just because of the fear. Um, fear grips people in weird ways. But, you know, so we, we thought that's what was going to happen here in town, so that's why I went, because my mayor called me and um, you know, asked, he asked if I was going to be there. He didn't request for me to be there. And I said, listen, if you want me there, I'll be there, you know, to back you up. And uh, he said, well, I really would like you to be there. And I said, okay, cool. So, you know, that's why I went to the first one to, you know, make sure nothing was going to happen. I told my fiance to stay home. And unfortunately, this protest was going down less than a block away from us. So, you know, while I made her stay home, if anything really did happen, you know, we were in the line of fire regardless, but, you know, I just did everything I could to, you know, protect her because at the end of the day, she's what matters more to me than anything else. So, you know, I made her stay home and I got in the thick of it and about halfway through it, you know, I started realizing that, and, and again, you know, there are, there are looter situations. We obviously still see it going on with statues being torn down even right now, but that wasn't the case here in town. And I was able to talk to some of these people, and I got to get up and speak and tell them where I was coming from and, and to tell them that, you know, the main thing here is is after this is all said and done, you know, you can have all the anger you want for the moment, but eventually the anger will subside. What are you going to do after the fact? And, you know, get people to start thinking about that. And I don't think they really were expecting that. Because the people that spoke before me, I was one of the last people to speak. Because unfortunately, well, I wouldn't say unfortunately. It's unfortunate from time to time. But everybody here in town knows me because of what I do. So I'm usually the last one to get up and talk to kind of put the exclamation point up. And um, and that's what I, I left them with. You know, what are you going to do after this is done? Because you can bitch and moan all you want right now if you just ignore it. You know, regardless of what you do right now, they're waiting for you to just stop. That's what every single one of them are doing. They're they're waiting for this to just go away. And if there's no pressure after the fact, if nobody's holding the feet to the fire after the fact, if nobody's checking to making sure the changes are being done after the fact, because let's face it, a lot of the people that are involved with this right now are just doing it because it's the cool thing to do. The people that are here afterwards, that's what's going to matter. And that's what I was trying to tell these people. And... So the first one went pretty well. You know, I didn't really know what to think about it. Um, the second one that we had here in town, again, it went well. There were some issues with uh, some of the people that came to the protest. They got kind of upset because uh, we did a demonstration where all of us 
kneeled uh, on one knee for the amount of time that it took for George Floyd to die, and it was kind of like a demonstration, and there were plenty of police officers around us. Now, from my viewpoint, and after the fact, I talked to the police chief and confirmed this, every single one of the cops that were there that day volunteered to be there. Not a single one of them had to be there. But they felt it was important, you know, to show their support to the community and protect the people in the community. So they were there. And when we were doing this demonstration, some of the people that were there in the demonstration thought that the police officers were going to kneel with us, and they didn't. Now, I noticed that none of them did, but at the same time, I didn't just notice that, you know, some of the police officers weren't kneeling. I also noticed they were scanning the area. And the reason why they were doing that is because we had a couple people who were, you know, they didn't want to be involved in the protest, but they still wanted to get involved. So there were people that were driving by, making little remarks, and, you know, just being assholes. And then there were people that were trying to not get out of their cars so they can be nosy, and the cops were taking care of it and kicking them out of the area. And, you know, the, the cops were just protecting us, and they were making sure that we were able to do this demonstration, you know, peacefully. And that, that, when you put those things together... And I think this is the reason why I hit the eject button and why I didn't get any involved after this. When you put those pieces together, and I, I got to see firsthand, and oh, by the way, the very first protest, there were two police officers with us the whole time while police officers were being bashed, and they were protecting all these people and their First Amendment rights. They were stopping traffic to make sure that, you know, the, because we marched from one area to another. The police were stopping traffic to make sure these people got their voices heard. And then they protected us while we were doing a demonstration that was, you know, being aimed at the fact that a police officer murdered someone. And that, that's kind of when, like I said, when I hit the eject button because people got mad because the police officers didn't kneel, but they didn't even bother to see what they were doing. These cops were protecting us from people that, that might have been fucking insane and might have wanted to do harm to us. And I stopped the police chief after the fact, and I asked specifically – were any of your men instructed to be here today? And he said, they're getting paid to be here, but they all came here on their own volition. I didn't ask a single one of them. So while, yeah, they, they came there for some OT maybe, but they didn't have to. You know, they didn't have to make money off the fact that they were going to some place where they knew they were going to be bashed. You know, and that's, that's where I get hung up on. And it irritates me to know in when, when people can't see both sides of the subject because, yes, there are shitty police officers, but God damn it, there's some great ones, too, who really do want to make a difference. So, I mean, and when it comes down to it, I don't even remember what you initially asked me. But um, that's, that was just my experience from dealing with both of those two situations. The, the, the second protest we had in town felt... Uh, for lack of better words, it felt more like a conclusion. Um, the first one was just all anger and passion, but um, more than anything, I'm glad I was a part of it. Uh, I doubt I ever, now that it has became so deeply politicized uh, that you can't even have a conversation about it, I don't think I'll be in it any further. Um, but I was at least happy to, to say I not only one time you know, stood up for a cause that I believed in, but I did it twice, and, uh, you know, I could see all sides of the story, I guess. Right. 
Uh, and the one thing I kind of want to mention here before Jew has his idea, um, what I really like that you'd said about what are you going to do in the future? Because I actually would say I'm surprised and not in a bad way that people don't seem to be letting this go um, and just letting it fade away because, you know, I think I kind of expected within, you know, a couple of weeks, people were going to kind of already forgotten about it because that's what always happens in the past. And it's good to see that there are situations. It, it's always it's always a fad situation. If it's yeah. the cool thing to do, people will do it. But as soon as it stops becoming cool, they'll let it go. Well, and I'm I'm not I'm not saying that you can't disagree with your government and the way that the people who were there who were just trying to grab some new Lego sets were not the right people. And and I'm again, this will be a bit of a hot take, but I don't care. Um, when it was first announced, before there was actually legitimate riots, it was announced that there would be no charges against uh, the cop. I'm not even going to say his fucking name because I don't fucking remember it anymore. I could Google it, but I don't care. There would be no charges against uh, that dude. And then, well, the city fucking went, got lit on fire. And it, unfortunately, sometimes when the public is so mad and the executive side of it isn't listening, the only thing they understand is fire. And I, I'm not advocating for businesses to be destroyed, but but I am going to say that Derek Shaw, whatever the fuck his name is, is in jail. And he's probably going to be in jail for the rest of his life, or he's a clone and he's already dead. But that's deep tinfoil hat theory. And I just, we as a country have never been more angry. And it's not always at the right shit. But it's just every one person, myself included, everybody's just fucking madder than we've ever been about everything. I don't know if this is a bad time to say it, but I'm actually having a really good year. <laughs> 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 Other than the obvious, you know, um, my wedding being guy? canceled, number one, is one of the, not one of, it is the biggest bummer. But I've had a lot of good things happen, too. And I try to remember that even through all this adversity, you know, I'm still finding ways to, to make some goals come true. And I think that's where people get lost. And there, there's a philosopher, and I think me and you talked about this on the, uh, the uh, tacos episode that we did, but there's, there's a theory that the lack of a presence of religion has created a vacuum of belief and people are clinging on to um, other belief systems as they would religion, because man has to have that attachment of a higher, a higher purpose. And to be honest, if you look at that, and you look at that theory, and really apply it to what's going on today, people are more obsessed with politics, and they praise politicians now more than ever before. And so when you think about that, does that theory not make sense? As religion has gone down, political obsession has raised. That sounds like that theory is pretty fucking accurate to me. You know, the lack of a religion has created a new religion in politics. So you can't talk to people. You can't talk about what may be right or wrong because they've already clinged on to their new religion and they're not letting it go. No, you're and absolutely right. Unfortunately, and we'll get into a little bit of a tinfoil hat here, um, 
theory that I think is going to happen because it makes the most sense. There has been some rumblings that, and I'm pretty sure you can check up on this and it checks out. I haven't done it because honestly I don't want to because if it checks out, I'm going to probably fucking have a mental breakdown. Been having a lot of those lately. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. But there's a theory right now that if you look up on closed federal indictments, you'll see more federal indictments that are still under investigation and are not public. There have been more of those this year than ever before in our entire history. And the reason why, and and to be perfectly fucking clear and honest so everybody knows, I was a Trump supporter up until the pandemic. I don't agree with how he's acted as a human being, but this kind of makes sense now. Um, if, If this is true, Donald Trump has gone after all these pedophiles and yes, you could say that he's been in pictures with Epstein, but when you really look at it, and if you really dive deep enough, he's kicked Epstein out of a lot of situations, and he even calls out Bill Clinton and Epstein, Ida, uh, I, uh, Epstein Island in a uh, political uh, interview that has been buried. Um, but um, he has done all these indictments. I think what's going to happen is, even if it's not this way, this, this theory makes sense. The bubble is going to burst, and people are going to realize that the reality that has been presented to them is not real. It's bullshit. Society as a whole will hit the reset button. And to be honest, that's what we need. We've got to – people have to realize that there is an entire world that has been presented to them that isn't real. It's completely false. And the fact that people are blatantly ignoring – all this evidence coming out of a Hollywood pedophile ring, just, you know, people are trying to act like, oh, people are paying attention to it. They're being willfully ignorant. Yeah, but that's a good thing because I think they realize, holy shit, there might be something behind this. If I don't talk it into an existence, it won't happen. I mean, but we, we did an episode on Epstein. We did, we oh. went deep into this, but this is some shit that like, I don't want to promote anything and I don't want to say anything, but I've been involved in something that's pretty much become my life fucking work. And there's an awakening that's going to happen and it's going to be painful for a lot of fucking people. It hurt for me. It fucking still hurts. The real world is a scary fucking place. And I'm going to say you need to fucking open your eyes, go check out some of this shit, like do some real research, but also fucking don't do it. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That brings me to another part of this that I want to bring up that pulls us kind of full circle back to this. The media. The media has made these incidents that transpired, they've made them bigger than they probably really fucking were. Because as you said, it's not happening everywhere. It's it's but it is happening. It is happening in a lot of fucking places, but it didn't happen right down your block, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um I, I have problems with the media here and locally. Um, for anybody who doesn't listen, I do a lot of a lot of work fighting against the city. I have a lot of allies in the city. As a matter of fact, before we started recording this, I had about an hour and a hour and fifteen conversation uh, minute conversation with a uh, local commissioner of just about city stuff. So I, I have a lot of contact with them. Um, I have a page that I mentioned before on this episode called Watch Pickwood, and I, I focus. 
a lot on um, the inner goings of the city. And, uh, you know, it's the media will not talk about some of the, not some of the things, they won't talk about any of the things I bring up because they're in tight with who is in charge in the city right now. And issues that have been brought up before in the past, they won't report on now because they have friends in the city and they get fed information and they get first dibs on stories. And if that can happen in a small town, don't think for a fucking second that can't happen on a major uh, uh, spectrum. You know, information about COVID-19 has been since the beginning of this been buried. You it's know, a why, clusterfuck. Why won't people talk about day. the fact that, 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 yes, cases are jumping up, but we have our death rate is so low the CDC is talking about not making it an epidemic anymore in America. Can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. Why not? Because it doesn't go against... If we bring that up, people will stop fighting. That's basically what it is. And if people stop fighting, they're not clicking the links anymore. If they're not clicking the links anymore, then they're not getting the ad revenue. I, then they're not sharing the ads. I they're they're like not sharing the articles. Be the, uh, right about the day or two after elections, the whole thing is just going to completely change narratives and it'll fade away real fast. Well, and the narrative getting pushed is, and I'm not going to say who, because I don't fucking know who, but there is someone who wants a race war. They fucking want it, because if we're busy fighting over the crumbs, we don't realize they got the whole cake. Because, yes, there were rioters. Yes, there were. But everybody remembers that fucking video of that dude in a blacked-out fucking gear with a uh, police face riot mask on. Not supposed to be there. Definitely breaking fucking windows with a hammer. Everybody heard stories about bricks just showing up at fucking protest sites. And I'd like to cite a video, but I can't give the link because I don't fucking know where it is anymore. There was a video someone caught of a black police truck. And it was one of the more covert ones because the, the police emblems were blacked out, but they were still there. You can make them out if you looked. And they were unloading bricks behind a fucking site where, right, where a protest was supposed to take place. There is someone... <laughs> pushing an agenda and the media is feeding directly fucking into it. When you really look at it, it all leads back to the pedophile ring. It all fucking mm. every goddamn time. Every fucking thing leads back to Epstein. It's the fucking worst thing ever, but I, I'm, I'm trying to not stay. They what was that? 100% know they, they're fucked and they're going to do everything that they can to deflect. They're fucking flopping around for sure right now. Like, it's crazy that that chick, I can't say her name for shit. Her name is Gee Lane. Gee Lane Maxwell. Yeah. Say it. Jizz Lane? Say it. Yeah, fuck it. Jizzy Lane. I call her the pedo <laughs> madam. That's, that's what Bob and Tom were calling him the other day. They called him fucking, or called her uh, Jizz Lane. You know what, though? Yeah, that's fucking funny, but that's also fucking taking some edges off of it. I call her the fucking pedo madam, because that's what she fucking she's was. She's a disgusting fucking person. I'm not sure even how she's still alive. And I guess there's that sliver of hope that somehow whoever the top is maybe doesn't have all of the strings completely pulled because she's not dead yet i mean as far as we know well i mean okay there is that i still don't see why we don't have like the 24 hour camera monitor oh, this bitch should this be live streamed right now 
because like here's the thing there's there's a there's a circulation going on right now and her name is a call to fucking arms if she dies without giving us something or she gets a sweetheart deal people are saying that's the fucking last straw and i don't support any movements i'm not a part of any movements but god damn it somebody needs to pay so i feel like she's gonna give us like palpatine and vader and like Sidious is just gonna be out oh, there. Prince Andrew. We're getting Prince Andrew. That motherfucker's just a figurehead. He's done. He's just a member of the Senate, though. Fuck that guy. And that's that's the scary part about this is that these are world leaders who were customers. Right. There has to and be. And see, that's bigger. that's why I put some water behind the fact that again, I'm not defending Donald Trump as a person, but I put some water into the fact that if you really look at it politically. If you really look at it, yes, Republicans and conservatives have had a history of alienating those who don't go along with the status quo within the party. But there is a massive amount of people within the Republican Party that are trying to stop his reelection. Now, the theory is, is that Donald Trump is not in the skull and bones because he was not a part of that uh, society. Now we're he, getting real. He, he mentioned in a press conference recently, he said, I was a part of a club, but I'm not a part of it anymore. So. Right. So that's where it know, comes to, that, were, that's where I get mad some, because silence is complacence. And I guess he's, if he's doing something. At, at the same time, if he has multiple thousands worth of indictments out there, it would make sense for him not to go public. If he's trying to catch people, you're not going to give them, you know, the tip off beforehand. This is now, true. at the same time, this this could just be connecting dots that aren't there. Who really knows? The only thing that is for sure, this fucking pedophile ring is real. It's very real. And, it's very real. This is not. And this goes. This is right. no longer tinfoil hat theory. This is no longer a conspiracy theory. If you don't want to fucking, even if you don't want to connect Epstein, if you want, even if you want to leave that alone, there is a Hollywood fucking cult that the chick from fucking smallville worked with they groomed women and used them as breeders and sold the babies to rich pedophiles his name is fucking he's got to look it up I'll, I'll, I'll google it this i'll actually fucking look up yeah because it's like it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's like just, the second search in my fucking phone i guarantee you with working with some of the stuff that we work with it is fucking crazy to me with the amount of evidence and everything else that's out there now and how sloppy these people are being that there's still people that legitimately don't believe it or absolutely will stand behind their political alignment because my people can't possibly be bad. Found it. Fucking found it. His name's Keith Rainier. Google this fucking shit if you don't believe us. If you if you want to say that I've I've lost my mind and that I've gone too far down this rabbit hole, Google the fucking key, the the NX IVM cult. I don't even know how that's fucking pronounced. It's been proven. They've been arrested. They're going, they've gone to prison. The trials have already happened. They were found guilty of, well, baby farming. How about that? Yeah, it's just, it's it's nuts that, and, and I, I truly believe people don't want to believe it because then they'll have to admit the people they supported their whole lives are really assholes and you know, terrible human beings that don't even uh, don't even have the right to breathe. But you know, it's look at all the people that have been trying to warn us for years that we're cleaning it out. Years. Crazy. The, the, there's always yeah. some kind of undercurrent in all of this. 
Mel Gibson tried to warn people, and then he became anti-Semitic because he made a movie that outlined, <laughs> unfortunately, statistical uh, proven situations where the Jews turned on Jesus. That's not anti-Semitic. That fucking happened. But they took that situation to destroy his career. Why would that be? Why would a documentary, now, because that's what it was, The Passion of the Christ was a documentary, and that's what really fucking happened. I'm not saying Jesus was really the Son of God. That's what happened. The Jews sold him out. We've known that from fucking the beginning of time. You know, it's just the way it was. Not saying it was right or wrong. You know, it's just the way it was. But Hollywood used that as an opportunity to shame him. Why would that be? What could well, it be I mean, because he was telling the truth about the pedophile ring? Probably. You know, but... There are more connections than that, that people are, I've, I've been called stupid for saying this, but I'm saying this right now. Chris Cornell did not kill himself. Chester Bennington did not kill himself. Kate Spade did not kill herself and neither did Anthony, Anthony Bourdain. They were all on the edge of something close and big and they wouldn't shut up about it and they got snuffed. And, and, and the, and and Paul said this, Paul said this, they're getting sloppy and I don't know why. And I mean, this wasn't where I intended to take this part of the episode, but we're fucking here, so I can't turn it around. Why are they getting so sloppy? And that is because they have to brag about it. It's, it's in order to be in this fucking circle, you have to say what you're doing without saying it. And, and if you've read the Pizzagate e- emails or you've read any of it, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Stop calling it Pizzagate. If that's what you want to fucking do to get the name off of it, call it Pedogate. It's... It's fucking disgusting, and you all are so blind. And and every day, more and more is coming to light. That's you know that's that's the only thing I can say about it's it. It's the same day. situation. It's the same situation of where you see serial killers who end up ratting on themselves. It it's it's happened before. It's the same old story. You know, when people go, "Why are they getting sloppy?" Because that's what happens. You know, serial killers end up snitching on themselves. Because they get bored and they need a new challenge, and by the unfortunately, by the time that happens, it's too late. They've already snitched themselves out. So, you know that's that. It is a good argument. They're getting sloppy. Well, why would they tell people that? Well, why did the fucking what was it? The BTK killer that ended up like sending letters to the newspaper, and that's how they try trace them back. Yeah, to the fucking like, that, used That's how it dummy. Yeah, they, they get fucking sloppy. It's that's just the way it happens. And you know, it's unfortunately, you know, that's where we are right now and people are gonna have to decide to, to not look at it as a tinfoil hat theory anymore because there's more than enough proof. More than enough proof. More than enough proof. And this is this is what I've been saying since I've started all of this. Epstein is the key. If the Jeffrey Epstein situation, the entire fucking thing from his pedo island to his pedo apartments to his adrenochrome harvesting fucking technology on his island and in his apartments, it's real. It's fucking real. And this is the best way I can close this. And this is why I can't say I'm Republican. And this is why I can't say I'm Democrat. And I take this from a great, great man, George Carlin. It's a big club, people, and we ain't in it. That is my favorite stand up of all time. He, and then that stand-up, he kept it more real than any he'd ever done. It's because he knew he was dead. He knew he was going to die soon. He knew he was re- he was hanging on the edges. Looked how old he was in that in that shit. It was finally him t- his time to yeah. say everything. And that's the other problem we have. The people who were saying, the people who were trying to speak out, 
disappearing. They're dying under very, very odd circumstances. Yeah, but, and I mean, it, this can all be tied into, when you really look at it, this all can be tied into where this uh, episode was originally supposed to be about. Civil unrest creates distraction. And, you know, there's a reason why politicians are allowing mass protests, and that's it. Because I'm sure there's probably a tie there. Yep. You know, it's, it's, and it's, it's all a big fucking noose that we're wrapping around our necks. It is. And, you know, this woman has said that, whatever the fuck, Giselle, whatever the fuck her name is. Elaine um, Maxwell. Yeah, whatever. We'll just call her the woman. The woman. The woman has said that she has high-level politicians and proof that they were there. So how many of these people, and it's not just Democrats. That's what kills me more than anything. Well, the, the Republicans go, Democrats are allowing this. I get to break it to you. It's every fucking state out there. It's, so, it's you know, while you're, and, and by the way, the reason why you can, you know, look at that and and call the bullshit flag is because the Democrats aren't disagreeing with them. So they're just yeah, when else they're they allowing, you know, the argument to continue without disputing it. So whatever. But, you know, it's the walls are going to come crashing down. And I don't think I think it'll be the opposite. You know, people think, oh, society's going to crumble. I don't think that's going to be it at all. Society's going to wake up and realize, fuck, we need to get a handle on this. Not, fuck, we need to burn everything down more than it is. It's going to be everything we thought was a lie, so now we need to think of something else. Well, and it, it, it needs to stop right. being color versus color, and it needs to be, it needs to be, and when I say this, it needs to be us, all of us versus them, and they've made us forget that there's a whole fucking lot more of us than there is them. Absolutely. Well, it's always been, if you keep them distracted, you keep them stupid, keep them divided, and we will win because they're too busy fucking hating each other for no reason other than the dumb shit that we tell them. Because I'm going to be real honest, like I've never lived in a major city. I've always lived in smaller towns. And even when I was traveling around doing, you know, things in the military, it was, you know, that was different. So all I know about other cultures for the most part is what they show me on TV, in movies, in the news and all these things. And that's not the way things are. Like, I know America's got some issues, but we're not all crazy racist assholes that eat too much and just want to drive trucks and yell America. Like, that's just not real. Oh, absolutely. But we they really amplify any stereotype and anything they can use to separate us and put a spotlight on our differences to make sure that we stay pissed off at each other when if we just talked and told them to fuck off we could redirect to the true enemy the one that's controlling everything and doing all this terrible fucking okay i i want to i want to button on that and i'm not going to ask this to you paul because you've done your set of traveling jill What's the longest trip you've ever taken? Drive-wise? Doesn't matter. Drive, uh, fly, plane, whatever. I've been to California. Drive, I've been to New York. And I've been to Florida. So I've been across the country. 
Okay, so you've been around. A lot of people have it. And I think that's why, you know, the, the desire... Listen, us as a society, our goals have been changed. And it's not from our own doing. You know, before... You know, the generation before ours, I, I would say, be safe uh, safe to say, the generation before ours got out there and saw some shit. But that's no longer, you know, the, the main thought that's been put out there. You know, the, the thought is no longer get out there and experience the world. The thought now is get on your phone and make a difference. And that's the goal. If I can, if I can just type to as many people as I can today, I made a difference in the world. And that, if I just get out there and experience life, then I can understand things, you know. And the people that have been out there, look, I've been around this country three times, and that's real. I, when one, the very first tour I did, we went from California to New York and back, and all the stops in between, and. Not every place was the same. I, I actually found myself, uh, just as kind of sidebar here, but by the time like the tour was three-fourths of the way done, I fist-bumped anybody that came up to me. And I laugh about that because it got to a point where I got tired of learning the new handshake in that city just so I could forget it on the next one. <laughs> because every fucking town, like if you go Midwest, we have a very simple handshake. Slap hands, grip with the fingers, hug, pull back, snap. That's that's the handshake. In Denver, you slap hands, slide, snap. That's the handshake. Every every different spot we went to was different. Some places was grasp with the hands and a fist bump. Every place we went to was different. And that's when I really started to sink my teeth into the fact of how different all of us really are. Same thing happened, I, actually, on my second tour, I just fist month. I didn't do the side because I didn't want to keep up with all the different handshakes. But I, I knew by then, third time around the, uh, the country, same thing. I knew better. I knew that we were all different. I knew every stop was going to be a different atmosphere. New Mexico was going to be way different from L.A. And, you know, I, I feel for people to live in big towns because I'm kind of like you, Paul. I don't I don't. I, I've never lived in a major city. I never intend to either. I never want to. No way in hell would I ever move to Los Angeles. No, God, no. It's fucking ugly. I've been out I just, there. I can't do it. Too many people all the time. Like we went up to Indianapolis and going into the gas station. You know, every pump is filled. The stores packed with people. Like you can't just move around. I was like, this is too many people. And like Indianapolis isn't a gigantic metropolis or anything but i'm used to going into like the local gas station and there's like you and maybe somebody else wanders in like it was crazy <laughs> but i will yeah, say i um i actually in la i found i was not meant for big cities <laughs> um sidebar uh i ended up uh when i worked for twisted on the psychomania tour we had a I want to say it was a Sunday night show at the Whiskey A Go Go, legendary venue in Los Angeles. Um, it's in the Beverly Hills area, and the plan was we were gonna, you know, obviously do the show. I'm pretty sure it was Sunday night because we always had Mondays off. But um, we were gonna stay over Sunday night, and that sounds weird to some people in Los Angeles. It's not a normal 
fucking week. All right, you don't have you just it's it's not the same. So Sunday night is just another night. So we had a Sunday night show, and then the very next day we had the day off from Tori and all. So we were going to stay the day in Beverly Hills, and so obviously we did the show Sunday night, and then I wake up on Monday morning. And I, I just I walked down the strip, and anybody that's been to Los Angeles knows the strip I'm talking about. It's the one where uh, whiskey is on, and um, a little bit down from that is the club that Be Real uh, frequents. I think it's called the Rainbow Club. It, it's that area. And I just walked around for a little bit, and I went to a restaurant, and and I wanted to just get a burger. That's all I wanted. And this dude starts explaining to me that these cows that and apparently this is a normal sales pitch in, in Los Angeles. He starts explaining to me the lifespan and how these cows were raised of the cows that I'm about to eat for this meal. What? And I'm like, yeah. And it's a normal thing. And I look at him and I'm like, brother, I'm from Ohio. Like, I just want some uh, a hamburger that's fucking greasy and delicious. And he eventually, when he heard that, like, you could tell this, this kid's face just kind of, like, eased up. He ended up finding out. He was from Boston, so, like, he was not used to this area anyway. He was just out here for school, and he was trying to make some money. And he was just like us. Like, you know, yes, he's very East Coast, but Boston's pretty mid-fucking-west. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know he he started. We started talking, and I was like, "Man, I this is not for me." Like that's when I really found out that that area it just I can't do it. Like people, my and not only that, bro. If you never drove them through Los Angeles traffic, you don't fucking know traffic. And that is a whole. Yeah, like literally, everybody's going sixty miles an hour, and then they literally stop. And it's not a hundred exaggeration. If you've never experienced it, I don't know how else to explain it to you. It's it's one of the craziest things I've ever experienced. No, big city life is not for me. I think the last time I was out in L.A., it was like 1998 or something. Like I was in like middle school. Yeah, I'm old. I get it. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't been out there in a while. I definitely do want to go out and visit. I the driving looks fucking awful. But I will. I do want to point this out. This is a little side fucking thing with all this st- talk about going places, which is impossible right now. But I recently got a new job, and I found out one of the programs they have. Um, once you're there for like a year or something, they have this like trip where they go down to Mexico as like a team, and they build a house for a family down there. And it costs like 99 bucks or something. I don't know the exact price, but I guess you can take other people or whatever. But I was like, that's actually really cool because I've wanted to go and like do some of the things where they go wherever Africa or, you know, down Haiti, wherever. And a lot of these programs, what's crazy to me is one, you know, you're not getting paid to be there because it's volunteer work. But then you also are actually paying to be on that trip. So it's weird. It's like that club you were talking about. You can't even be like somebody that does good without being in the club of having all that money, which is just the craziest shit in the world to me. Well, I think the best way to sum all of this up is, as Jay said earlier, this all of this, it's all just distraction. 
every bit of it. Uh, and it's, it's up to you to not let yourself be misled. If you go to Mexico, I bet you watch a donkey show. I'm not going to watch a fucking donkey show. God damn it. But there's a Betty song called donkey show. There's, it out there. there's, there's a, uh, that's, that's a, a great way to cut it today. Jay Roman. I want to thank you as always, my friend for just fucking just hanging out with us. Like always. Yes, man. We definitely appreciate it. It's been yeah. a great time. No, I, I appreciate y'all talking with me, man. I feel like we're starting to get a real stride going with our conversations and I can talk fucking all day to people that are on the same wavelength as me. One so of my I favorite guests, right? Oh, man, I didn't want to break into some of the things I wanted to say just because I know if I utter that sentence, it's going to be a two-hour conversation and we're just going to go all goddamn night. Yeah, I mean, we're already at an hour and 16 minutes as we sit. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll talk with you, uh, I'm sure, another time. I guarantee this ain't the end. No, absolutely. Whenever you guys want to do this again, I'm always down. Awesome. You guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we don't know what the fuck we're doing next week. so We barely ever do. We'll figure that shit out. In the meantime, you can still check out the Instagram, Pixar It Didn't Happen Official, uh, the Facebook group and page. That's still up. And you can check my instagram personal account which hasn't had much content because you I know i got one but i'm working on it there's not much going on in the world at all so anyway we'll catch y'all next week peace